All right, guys, so how is everybody doing tonight? Pretty good? That's good to hear. All right, so just uh, another reminder um, about the men's conference coming up on the 23rd and the 24th. Uh, that registration is open, so feel free to register online if you go to uh, fellowshipefc.org and then go to the events page and you can see the men's conference there. Uh, you could sign up there. Um, if uh, the uh, $50 fee to attend is an issue, please uh, feel free to just contact me or Jeff um, and there's plenty of scholarship opportunities um, if need be. So if that's a problem, uh, like I said, just let us know. Um, so tonight, uh, tonight we're going to discuss what is the Bible. So, uh, you know, and part of this is, you know, you read the book, you got, um, if you did your homework, you read the book. Um, so you have a little bit of familiarity of what we're going to go over tonight, so it's pretty straightforward. Um, I really want to invite you guys um, into the discussion. This is not just me reading back to you what we're going over in this book, but having an actual open uh, discussion about, you know, God's Word. So feel free to interject if you have a thought or something like that. Um, try not to go down any too many rabbit holes, but we could always reel you back in if we really get too far down there. Um, so please feel free to sh share. Um, and also, you could, um, if you didn't already, in your uh, uh, workbook, you can follow along and kind of fill in the blanks and things like that that came through the book. And um, I do, for some reason, started fighting a cold today, and you could probably tell I'm a little nasally, so I apologize if I start coughing, uh, but we'll, we'll get through it. So uh, if we, uh, so chapter uh, one is about what is the Bible? Okay, you know, employing the, employing the word Bible itself in the English, um, you know, it represents a claim to authority, okay? You know, a, the, a Bible is an authoritative source of wisdom or knowledge, okay? So the book used an example of a Jeep Bible, okay? So basically it's saying that if you don't have the Jeep Bible, then you really don't know anything about Jeeps, doesn't matter if you have one, you drive it around, you advertise on it like some people, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But according, if you don't have that Bible, you really don't know what you're talking about, okay? Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> it keeps the rust off, yeah. Um, but if you think about it, you know, if you don't have the Bible, do you really know God? Okay, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Can you truly know God without knowing what's in the Bible? Okay, um, and we have to kind of reflect upon, you know, we're pretty blessed in this society in America today to, first off, have access to all the Bibles that you have. You know, I probably have, between my entire family, I guarantee I have double digits worth of Bibles at home. Okay, not, that's not the case in the rest of the world. Okay, not all, I mean, there's whole ministries just devoted to getting Bibles into people's hands because they can't do it. They're, they don't have access the way we do. You know, so it begs, the, like, can you truly know God without knowing God's, or w without going into the Bible? Um, the other part is, is that everybody in here can read and write. That's not the case, and it wasn't always the case. You know, you look at the church history and um, early Catholic church, 
The only people that could read the Bible were the priests because they were the only ones that could read Latin. You know, so basically, priests could say whatever they wanted and the people had to trust it. So when you, when you just reflect upon that, you know, you really got to be thankful for the blessing that we have that we could read right and have all the access to all these different Bibles, including the ones on our phones, okay? So the word Bible, and Mark Simpson, correct me if I say this wrong, is derived from the ancient Greek biblos, biblos, okay, which refers to not a particular book, um, but the papyrus that used to create a, uh, the early form of paper, okay? Um, so you can see here on the slide how the different words are translated up into the modern English that we get, you know, when we get the word Bible. You know, we start with Biblos, you know, we work our way up, and then we come into the word Bible in our uh, modern English, okay? So let's talk a little bit about the structure. I know this is a little bit of a review for some people, but, you know, we're going to go through this book step by step, and I think it's a good reminder of the foundation you know, foundational aspects of Christianity and the Bible. So what is, what is the structure of the Bible? You know, the, the structure of the Bible is the Bible is much like any other book in that it has this internal cohesion, okay, from beginning to end, and it provides a unified picture of who God is, who we are, and what we need most. What do we need most? Salvation. Thank you, Gary. Um... It's broken down into two testaments, okay? It's the, that's the broadest structure is the two testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay? The word we translate as testament is actually more accurately translated as the word covenant. So when we speak of the Old Testament and the New Testament, what we should really be saying is Old Covenant and New Covenant, Okay? Um, you know, and then, then we have to define the word covenant, okay? So covenant is, sorry, I'm getting a little lost in these here. Uh, the word covenant uh, is an agreement between two parties that governs the terms of their relationship. The Old Testament details the establishment of the old covenant and the promises of the coming Christ, and the New Testament describes the inauguration of the new covenant that God has planning has planned for us uh, since the beginning of time. And then we can move on into the books of the Bible. You know, can somebody tell me how many books are in the Old Testament? Thirty-nine. Okay. How many books are in the New Testament? Twenty-seven. Okay. Uh, the Old Testament books tell the creation of the world, the founding of the Israelites, the establishment of those people in the promised land, their special relationship with God, uh, their disobedience with God, and the resulting captivity of the hostile nations. A constant theme is the promise of a Messiah, okay, who fully or finally liberate the Israelites from danger or impression, okay? So they... If you look through the Old Testament, the, 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 the belief of the Jews was that this Messiah was basically going to overthrow Rome, okay? As we know, because we now have the New Covenant or New Testament, that was not the case. Jesus did not come to overthrow Rome. 
but to save us from the sin that we had. Uh, a constant theme, that, that constant theme of the promise, the New Testament book also tells, uh, then you move into the New Testament, the New Testament book tells of the birth, the life, and the death of Jesus. Uh, they tell the work of the earliest Christians to spread their message. They instruct Christians on how to live and how to how God intends to bring history to a close, okay? You know, a recurring theme is that Jesus is the Messiah who was promised, so he's fulfilling all the prophecy of the Old Testament, okay? Then we move into names, okay? Each of the books in the Bible has a name, okay? Uh, they, are, they are often named for the author of the book or one of the key characters, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Or after one of its key characters, all right? It summarizes or summarizes the content. Um, it, like if we look at page 18 in your book, <clears throat> you know, you could see on the bottom, they did a really nice chart here that talks like, we'll use Exodus as an example. You know, the meaning of Exodus is exit or departure. So, so, as you know, if you read Exodus, it's all about, you know, the leaving of the Israelites out of Egypt, okay? So it describes, it's derived from, you know, so this is where we get the names of the different books in the Bible, okay? Then, <clears throat> so book name here that we're using is, you know, John, you know, we have the verse, you know, and then chapter 3. You know, for instance, okay? So, you know, the books are divided into chapters. Chapters are divided into verses. The divisions are, were not actually present when the books were written originally. They were added much later to assist um, with finding a specific place within the Bible, okay? You know, so it's actually, um, I thought on like page 19, I thought these were really cool facts, you know, talking about, you know, the chapter divisions commonly used today were developed by Stephen Langton, an Archbishop of Canterbury, Langton put the modern uh, chapter divisions into place in around A.D. 1227. You know, so you think about it, you know, there was 1,200 years, you know, give or take, you know, from when the books are written, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly well-versed on when the last book of the Bible was written, but I know, like, it was, yeah, it was in the 80s. So it's almost 1,200 years, you know, 1,100 years that we're talking before they actually had these segregations and things like that. Um, the Hebrew Old Testament was divided into verses by a, a Jewish rabbi by the name of Nathan in AD 1448. And then uh, Robert Einstein, I guess that was be, who was also known as uh, Stephanus, uh, was the first to divide the New Testament into the standard number of verses in um, actually AD 1555. Um, you know, and then if we look further, uh, the Bible is then broken down into uh, different genres, okay? Um, the first is uh, the history, okay? So can somebody give me an example of a history book? The genre of history. Yep, yep, Genesis, Ruth, Acts, that's what the book used. Um, how about uh, another genre would be the law, you know, books that tell God's intends, yeah, you know, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, the, it tends the ancient 
nation of Israel to function religiously, politically, and socially, okay? Then we have, um, the wisdom, uh, we have wisdom books next, okay? So books are collections of aphorisms, wise sayings meant to uh, guide the relationship to God and to one another. So an example of a wisdom book would be Proverbs, you know, Ecclesiastes, um, uh, Job, for instance. And then we have our poetry genre, which are books of poetic forms of praise God or gratitude for his gifts to humanity. You know, examples include Psalms, you know, Song of Solomon, um, Lamentations, okay? Um, you know, and then we go into prophecy books, okay? Books are predictions of the future, events, warnings to be prepared for. There are times of hopeful uh, predicting and outpouring of God's blessing, uh, and at times dreadful, predicting all manner of woe. So what would be some examples of the prophecy books? Sorry? Uh, actually, no, not Daniel. <clears throat> Isaiah, Jer- uh, Jeremiah, uh, you know, Revelation. Um, I, I mean, let me let me back up, Ken. Yeah, prophecy, Daniel, you could, yeah, you could do that. Um, Daniel, you'll see in a few seconds, you know. Daniel also gets lumped into the apocalyptic books, um, as with Revelation, but, you know, they kind of can go back and forth. Um, so the next genre that we have is the Gospels, um, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, okay, then we have uh, all the epistles, which are letters that usually have a section dedicated to teaching truth about God, a section dedicated to telling people how to live uh, in the light of that truth. You know, examples include, you know, Galatians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Peter. Uh, and then the last genre that you have is uh, your apocalyptic books, you know, writings you know, that are specific form of uh, prophecy, predicting disaster and destruction, you know, examples would be Daniel and uh, Revelation. Uh, so in the last section that we're moving into, uh, so what would you say is the purpose of the Bible? Somebody wanted to summarize, what is the purpose of the Bible? I would say that's a pretty good summer. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good one. I like that one. Anybody else? Yeah. One way truly. The way God has revealed, chosen to reveal himself is through his word. That's why he's preserved it so well over the years. So uh, the book actually used an example um, by, as most, most of you guys probably know, John Calvin. Okay? And um, they use the term in their magnum opus. I think I'm saying that correctly. Uh, I actually had to look up what that uh, meant, so I figured I would uh, share that with you. So it's actually a Latin term meaning great work you know, often used to refer to the best or most notable or most renowned achievement of an artist, writer, composer, 
or some other creator, okay? In this case, the authors of this book are saying that um, John Calvin's magnus, uh, magnum opus was the institute of the Christian religion that John Calvin wrote, okay? And the, John wrote in uh, that book, nearly all wisdom we possess, that is to say, true and sound wisdom consists of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. So acknowledging who God is and what his character is, and then who we are to God. How we're broken, the fall, every, and that relationship's been reconciled by Jesus. <clears throat> so the Bible exists to impart true and sound wisdom from God to humanity. Okay? The purpose of the Bible is to show mankind who God is and his plan to save mankind from their sin through his son, Jesus Christ. Okay? The Bible is God's gift um, to you. It's one collection, two testaments, 66 books written, collected and preserved so that we know him and his salvation through Jesus Christ. Okay? So that's, it was pretty quick tonight, but that is, you know, the, the foundation and structure of what the Bible actually is. Okay? So from that, for now, we're going to go through the uh, questions. So at the group at your table, we'll go through the discussion questions. And when you guys are done with those discussion questions, uh, feel free. Uh, you could hang out or you could leave, whatever you guys want to do. Um, after your discussion time uh, for next week, uh, we're actually going to go through two chapters. Okay, uh, I'm kind of leaning towards for the first like half of the book, we're going to be like doing two chapters for weeks. That way, we're doing a little bit more content than the 20 minutes of this, you know, time that I took right now. Um, but as we get later into the book, I would say it gets a little heavier. You know, so it's going to be we're going to take a little bit more time. There'll be a little bit more discussion. I think like that. Okay. Um, any questions for me right now? No? So we'll do chapter two and three next week. Yep, two and three next week. Okay? All right, guys, thank you.